1: Today on CityCast Madison. It's the Friday News Roundup. This week, I'm joined by CityCast Madison's Molly Stentz. Milwaukee is considering major changes to its zoning rules to make it easier to build housing. Should Madison do the same? In one year from the 2024 presidential election, the Marquette Law School poll finds Wisconsin voters don't really like any candidate. It's Friday, November 10th. I'm Dylan Brogan, and here's what Madison's talking about. Now the story of a mad city where folks care about everything, and the one podcast who had no choice but to bring them all together. It's the Great Friday Roundup. With us now is the sheriff of this here podcast, it's Molly Stentz. Bianca's on assignment this week, but she'll be back next week. Hello, Molly.
0: Hey, Dylan.
1: So you're kicking us off this week by talking about the issue of all issues in this town, housing.
0: Housing. So what happened this week is the Madison Chamber of Commerce held this roundtable of all of our local mayors here. They do this periodically, get all of the mayors together in a room and talk about the biggest issues facing the Madison area. And... You know, they don't always agree on everything. There's there can be some uh some frostiness, I would say. There was frostiness? There has been in the past, I would say, particularly under, you know, Soglin, when there was there were accusations about TIF districts and, you know, developments. Anyway, that was not the case. This year, everybody was in agreement that housing is one of the biggest problems that we have here in the Madison area. I mean, Madison Mayor Satya Rhodes-Conway, she called it the defining problem of our region, that we do not have enough housing, and we're behind in building it. We don't have enough units, which is driving all sorts of other problems, right? That's what's driving rents up. That's what's driving home prices up. That's what Uh, makes people have to live further and further out, which means then they have to potentially drive more, have longer commutes, and that pushes infrastructure out, which gets more expensive to build than to build kind of densely in the existing city, right? You can see there's so many problems that stem from this. Um, Obviously, if people are spending most of their income on rent, they're having trouble in other areas, right? It makes everything else harder, right? Then you see more evictions. It, it, you know, there's needs for more social services. Big problem. Yeah. I feel like it's kind of a statement of the obvious to anyone who lives in Madison, right? Like people know uh, it's a problem. Like it is hard to find a house to buy if you're not fairly wealthy, I would say. So the question is like, okay, well, what do we do about it? And one of the things that the Fitchburg mayor was pointing to, uh, Julia Aratafrata, she says we need to revise our zoning code to encourage more housing development. And she's certainly not the first to say it and certainly won't be the last. But I, I do wonder what changes might be afoot. So you know, the zoning code is one of the primary tools that the city uses to regulate development. It's that set of rules that can dictate what can be built, where, what uses can go on, how big buildings can be, how much parking, for example, they have to have or build, some cases, what they look like. So I know it's not the sexiest of topics zoning. But it is an important one, right? Because it's that set of rules that control the built environment. It's the reason why things are the way they are. And I don't think many of us stop and think about it on a daily basis. Do you? Maybe you do, Dylan. All
1: the time. No, I'm, you know, uh, zoning codes, you can see why they're important. You don't want a a roller coaster next to your house. Maybe I do. I don't know. I think you wouldn't like it
0: too loud. They could like well, peer I down mean, in your windows.
1: It's just more like there should be some rules, right?
0: Well, right. I mean, you know. How about
1: like a garbage dump or a tire burning yeah. business?
0: exactly. Have you been to Houston? Have you been to Houston? No. They got a whole situation going where it's kind of a free-for-all. Like, you walk down the streets, there are no sidewalks in many neighborhoods, right? And then you'll have like... Look, here's an interstate, and here's a daycare, and then here's a pawn shop, and then here's a, you know, like, industrial facility. It's just wild. It doesn't promote communities, right? It's just like a bunch of random things happening all jumbled. It's like if you took a city and just, like, put it in a blender. I don't know. (laughs) You know, like, just things are everywhere. It's hard to walk. So, anywho, there is a movement afoot to suggest that our zoning could be different, you know, that maybe the rules are the problem in Madison. And I'm really curious to hear from everyone what they think about it, if they think about it at all, right? I mean, like Milwaukee is proposing this big new zoning rewrite. um, And one of the things they're thinking about is removing parking requirements for buildings. So, you know, when you build a new building, that's usually one of the things people freak out the most amount, right? Like, it's going to increase traffic in our neighborhood. And where are these people going to park? They're going to suddenly be, you know, taking up all the parking. So usually there are mandates that require, like, hey, you got to build a lot or you got to build it, you know, underground or, you know, make sure that there's provision for parking for all the new people that are going to be coming in, right? That makes
1: it more expensive to build anything.
0: Yeah. So Milwaukee's considering... What if we just did away with that and let the the you know the market decide, like, to build, parking, to meet the needs of the neighborhood? So I think it's interesting. We did update our code like right like a decade ago, and we've made changes since. It's not like we haven't ever done it.
1: Nobody has acted on my plan. What's your plan? Golf courses, city-owned golf courses. Just this can make it half park, half a uh, beautiful, tiniest, cutest little homes you've ever seen. Thousands of them, all over half the golf course. The rest is a regular park because golf is a waste of space.
0: Like co housing, like what they did but up I, by. I
1: tri- think we just have small lots, small houses. Okay, I think that's what people want.
0: Okay, all right, that's an idea.
1: Couple thousand units right there.
0: All right. Is it too hard to build in Madison? Or are the rules what make this a desirable place to live? A place that people want to move to and live in? Do we need to change the rules? What would they be? Let us know. Madison at citycast.fm. 608-318-3367. Let her rip.
1: Well, before we dive into any more news, let's take a quick break. We're one year away from the 2024 presidential election, Molly. And to me, it's official because we have the first of monthly polls from the Marquette Law School. And that's going to give us a great snapshot moving forward of how the uh, electorate is feeling. So, the first one uh, that came out a year before the election, it's like this benchmark, right? So, in next month, we can kind of see what changes. This one, it uh, was rather depressing, I would say, if you're a voter. But the big My big takeaway from it is Wisconsin voters don't like any of the candidates. Yeah,
0: but it's also so early in a way. All right. Well, what
1: is the state of affairs right now, though? That's not too early. Biden versus Trump. We're not going to get too much in the numbers, but Biden's up a sliver, tiny bit, two points within the margin error, not very much. But they both have very low approval favorability rates, like double-digit unfavorables.
0: So is this like if the election were today who people would vote for? Yeah. And it's basically samesies.
1: Pretty much the same as 2020. But 60% of registered voters view Trump as unfavorable. And Biden is not doing much better. So it seems like... Uh, Nobody is quite satisfied with either of the presumed frontrunners. Now, interesting, they asked like uh, for adjectives and stuff. Oh, well, like who does this describe? Well, what came back was what? Biden, too old. Trump, too corrupt. Feels
0: like a leading question.
1: <laughs> well, they're like, uh, which candidate does um, describes it as he's too old to be president? Is it Trump? Is it Biden? Is it somebody else? Like even though Trump is only four years younger – Biden is being slapped with the too old label. But
0: what does that tell us? I mean That he's too
1: old, Molly. We don't like him because he's too old to be president. That, okay. Now, almost exactly the same margins just flipped the other way. Coru- like when asked to describe who's too corrupt, it's Trump and not and Biden does much better in that regard. So a lot of the a lot of the talking points you're hearing from Republicans about Joe Biden being corrupt, that's not really working. Uh, but it is sticking to Trump rather well. But remember, they're basically neck and neck right now with Wisconsin Only voters. Only one of them 50-50. is on
0: trial, though.
1: <laughs> well, that's probably why. It's, it makes sense. Yeah. Okay. Um, now, Biden is pretty weak with independence. And if you're a Democrat, you should be scared, unless Trump is, is the opponent. So when Trump is, when it's uh, the matchup is Biden versus Trump. Biden like, does okay with independents, but anyone else, he's not doing too well. So take uh, Nikki Haley, former UN ambassador. Her versus Biden, Haley is up nine points, which is a lot for this uh, early stage. Like That's a lot more than Trump. That's a big switch around. It's not really so much that there's a big shift with GOP voters or a big shift with Dems. It's really like all these independents will switch to Haley, who is... Charles Franklin, who administered the poll, kind of went out of his way to say that, you know, Haley, There, a lot of people don't know too much about her yet. So she's kind of, he postulated that she's kind of standing in for just the generic Republican. So generic Republican does very well in this state against Biden at the moment.
0: OK, but you're you're suggesting that like it's in the Dems interest to keep Trump as the candidate as long as possible.
1: Oh. Oh, yes. Well, are you kidding me? They definitely want Trump as the GOP candidate, and lucky for them, he's up by 20 points. Trump is in the GOP primary, so there's been a couple of presidential debates, but it it just Trump just seems to have this thing locked up pretty good, at least here in Wisconsin. Uh, a lot of this Marquette poll kind of followed a lot of what we saw. With that big New York Times poll that made a lot of news, where Biden was up a little bit over Trump, but it was pretty much the only battleground state where Biden was up was Wisconsin. So that's interesting. Yeah. Do you want state politics, though? I found this stuff even more interesting than this hypothetical nobody likes Biden or Trump situation. (laughs) So it's state politics. Governor Evers does a lot better than Trump and Biden. You know, majority are in favor of Evers. The legislature, not so much, 40. Supreme Court, though, uh, they just started to ask about this Marquette poll. It's a little bit over 50%. So interesting that the legislature uh, is way below the other two branches of government. Um, this is just funny. You know, they asked about Speaker Robin Voss. You know, 16% favorability.
0: And everybody again, else was like, Who? <laughs>
1: Yeah, but nearly half of people are like, who the heck is Robin Voss? Yeah. Which is surprising. Now, this is even better. Like, you know how we've had these Supreme Court races and it's like, well, oh, why do we even There, – there is – I hear it every time, these big Supreme Court races. Like, why do we even elect judges? Well, there is huge support from Republicans, Democrats, independents, everybody across the board. Like 80% of people think we should elect judges, including Supreme Court judges. Well, surprising, right? I mean... Not to Molly.
0: All right. You know, I mean, we could ask Nikki Haley about South Carolina. But anyway, they they think their system is better. But you know what that means is that you end up voting for a politician who then appoints the judge. So it's not like you take elections out of it. You just make it one step removed.
1: I think that's why 80% of people are just like elect judges. Also interesting, uh, they polled about whether Supreme Court candidates should discuss issues during the campaign. Now this, there was also huge support for, which is (laughs) interesting (laughs) because this is the very reason that Robin Voss wanted to impeach the Justice Protosiewicz because she talked too much about issues during the campaign. Well, that's what the Republicans, Democrats all said they would like to see. And anyway, Dems are much more likely to know about impeachment than Republicans, which it's a little surprising, right, about the impeachment over Robin Voss uh, mulling over impeaching Justice Protosawitz. Dems are a lot more likely to know about that than Republicans. So di- take that as you will. Some interesting messaging.
0: I don't think that's surprising.
1: Why isn't it surprising? Why would – what uh, the Republican speaker wants to impeach a sitting Supreme Court justice? Why would more Democrats know about that than Republicans?
0: Because the target is someone who Democrats voted for.
1: Sure. Presumably, Republicans um, would know about it because they're in favor of it, right?
0: But it ha- it was not a united front, as we clearly saw. <laughs> well,
1: that's true. Anyway, they don't know anything about it, so it looks like the Dems are getting the messaging out about the threat of impeachment more than Republicans are about why they need to impeach.
0: Because sometimes politicians do things that aren't strictly all about the will of the people. I mean, that, I know this is a surprising turn of events, but sometimes... Consent of the govern, Yeah, it's a real thing.
1: What was not asked in the latest Marquette Law School poll was voters' favorite record store. We have some news about a record store, don't we, Molly?
0: So, Strictly Discs, the music store on Monroe Street has been there for 35 years. The owners are retiring, and they've passed the torch somebody's picking it up and running with it so they've got new ownership and according to the wisconsin state journal the new owner is 39 year old rick stoner and he plans to retain all of the current staff and store operations so it lives on sounds like a fun guy to hang out with <laughs> so speaking of local jobs here in madison in audio i know of a few You could work on this here podcast, because we're hiring. We have got a podcast producer role that's open right now, and that person helps make the show possible, comes up with the story ideas, reaches out to people to be on the show, does a bunch of research, edits audio, makes it sound good, done, What do you think?
1: Uh, Yeah, well, I'm a little sad because it's all for the best and things are going great. And I know you're going to find a great producer, but I'm uh, moving into a new job at CityCast where I'm helping out all the other 11 cities. So it's a little bittersweet for me right now because I've really enjoyed my time here. But uh, this is a good job and I encourage people to apply who love Madison and love working in audio because it's exactly that.
0: Yeah, but I'm excited for you. I mean, the company saw the talent that you had and they want you to help out all of the other cities that do what we do, which is kind of cool for us to see See a, a Madison talent spreading out across the network. So, hey, that means we're bringing on another podcast producer and the details you can find on our website and we'll throw a link in our show notes. We are also hiring someone on the business side Um, a senior account executive, somebody to work with the business community and help make the podcast sustainable. So if that's your skill set, we'd love to hear from you. You can find the deets on our website and in the show notes.
1: So thank you, Molly, uh, for doing the roundup today and for just for a great year. I really appreciate it. And thank you to the listeners out there. The response has been really awesome. So I just love love being a part of CityCast Madison and – you can't get rid of me too easily, so <laughs> you'll I'll be around.
0: So we'll still hear you, and we'll still see ya, but now we have to share you with all the other cities. Okay, fine. But thanks for everything.
1: Appreciate it, Sheriff.
0: <laughs> you can still come make you can still come make bad jokes if you want to. If you need a if you need a crowd.
1: I'm not sure what bad jokes you're talking about. <laughs> That's all for today here on CityCast Madison. Bianca Martin is your host. We're produced by Alexandra McMahon, AKL Moman, Lizzie Goldsmith, Molly Stents, and me, Dylan Brogan. Our theme music is by Carl Christensen. You can also get more news delivered right to your inbox by subscribing to Madison Minutes, written by newsletter editor Haley Sperling. And if you enjoyed today's show, why not share this podcast with someone who's on the record is liking vinyl? See you back here Monday morning with more news from around the city. Until then...